and welcome to What the Shuck. On my next episode, it's going to be episode five, and I'm going to be featuring my buddy John Montgomery of the Montgomery and the Phoenix Holding Company. Um, he is a local musician from West Liberty, Kentucky, playing out of Pikeville, Kentucky currently, and he is about to play a show here at the Twisted Cork tonight. We are coming to you live from West Six, and by live, I mean on location, uh, but without further ado, my really good friend and local musician, John Montgomery. Really excited about this, and I hope you guys enjoy, and hope you have a good time, and I hope that you all are also enjoying the What the Shuck podcast. If you have any feedback, let your boy know. Like, subscribe, share. There you go. John Montgomery. Hey, man, it's good to be here, Chuck. Uh, yeah, um, as far as the band is concerned, we just uh, got started a couple years ago. We've just been playing together for about a year. I started, I'm uh, 33 now, and I started at 30. I walked into a guitar store at my local, I'm actually living in Pikeville now, and uh, they kind of talked me into buying a guitar, and I thought, well, man, I've got some stories to tell. I'll at least try to write some songs. And, uh, you know, I had the backup where I'd done stand-up for a while and things like that, so telling stories has always been a thing I'd, I'd done well. So I got some other guys with me, and uh, we got together, started a little band, and now we travel around and uh, play some killer tunes for everybody. I saw you play at the Red Barn Radio, and uh, that was a really cool event to see live. Um, I've actually never been there, but uh, there have been some really, really um, impressive artists that have played on that stage and have got um, a really good head start on their careers from that. So obviously that was a really big opportunity for you and uh, just being able to continue to uh, play the circuits and uh, just play night in and night out. You just said this is gonna be your third night. Um, so you're yeah. obviously putting in the work yeah. and um, it's just really cool to see uh, people that I knew and grew up with to uh, put these things to realization. Like you said, you were doing stand-up comedy um, and uh, then you really realized that music was really your calling and like you said, you can tell a story really well and um, that's really what I'm wanting to do on this podcast is just tell people stories and uh, that's really why I wanted to have you on. And so what would you say like was your biggest influences for music growing up as far as like who were your favorite artists and stuff like that? Oh, hands down, it was Jim Croce. That was my all-time favorite. I think he's the greatest songwriter ever to live. But uh, I was lucky enough to have a father who was really diverse in music. I mean, he listened to country, listened to rock. I mean, we heard a heavy dose of Skinner, which I've never burned out on. Everyone else says that. But <laughs> CCR, you know, a lot of the 60s, 70s, the progression of music, I felt like I followed it with, with him, you know. So I got a little bit of everything. Huge Keith Whitley fans, obviously. So we got the country side of it. And uh, so I feel like I got a feel for almost all of it. And I feel like that's very apparent in your music style because it's not just stuck to one style. You have a lot of uh, variations of, of music that you can tell that are uh, going on as far as the themes. And uh, the way it sounds, it's definitely not country, it's definitely not rock, it's literally a combination of the two. And you do a really good job of weaving those two between each other. You can really tell, um, even though you have just started playing music, that you have definitely been disciplined to different styles of uh, sound and stuff like that. Yeah, I once, uh, going back to talking about Skinner, I watched uh, in the new documentary, it's got an interview with uh, Ronnie Van Zant, and he kind of said it well when he said, you know, I'm a country singer, I write country songs, but make no mistake, Skinner's paid to play the boogie woogie, so Leonard Skinner's a rock <laughs> band, you know, yeah. and uh, that's kind of how it with us, you know, I hooked up with Kevin Cool, who is literally a guitar legend in Eastern Kentucky, you know, and I got him to join the band, he believed in the songs, and that's how we got started, and you gotta let him run, man. Watch, listen to anything we do. You got to let him run. So it got rocky really quick. I know that uh, when I watched your show uh, most recently that 
I definitely was watching him. He was shredding. He was yeah. an amazing guitar player. Yeah. He was super fun to watch. Um, but also a really cool thing that you're doing is um, you're giving an opportunity um, when you're doing this show uh, to actually a guest on uh, one of my podcasts on the third episode, um, Nick Cheney. Um, is going to be opening up for you over at the Twisted Cork as well. And Nick Cheney is one of our good friends. And uh, just um, obviously we have some crazy stories being from Eastern Kentucky. And um, just growing up from where we are, you learn some stuff about uh, just having fun. And because you've got to really, there's not a lot to do, so you kind of have to make the fun Mm -hmm. yourself. Yeah. Um, So it's really kind of a, a big surprise that you weren't really into music sooner because that's a huge thing that is from where we are from is so many people are into music growing up. Um, but obviously it's really worked out that you have because you're doing a lot better than most people. Yeah. Um, you just told me that you were listed as a top three song in Eastern Kentucky. Uh, yeah. Behind, yeah. Um, we got tagged from uh, 94.3 Fox. So they, they put out their um, three favorite songs of the year, and we got one of them with Dirt Road Dandelion. So uh, I like that, man. I'm glad that we get recognized, which that was a concerted effort as far as I wrote that song for that area. I had featured – we did a music video – and uh, featured Pikeville, Eastern Kentucky actors, Eastern locations, things like that. So I really, it was my first swing at, at writing songs for certain people. It's the first time I'd ever done that. And it turned out really well, so it's something I'll do in the past. But you mentioned kind of jumping back and forth. You know, when I lived in Lexington, we did stand-up. When I moved to Eastern Kentucky, there was none of that. And like you said, everyone plays music. And, you know, me and a good friend of mine, Tyler McLaughlin, we would go out to these bars, and he's a really good singer. And they would just tell these stories and stories. And I said, well, I'm, you know, I'm tired of sitting on the sidelines. Let's see what happens. And we've been lucky enough for it to go fairly quick. And we've been uh, far more successful than I ever thought we would be. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad it all worked out. But talking about the Morgan County connection and our good friend Nicholas Theodore Cheney, uh, <laughs> you know, I love to come up here to see him do stand-up. So when we come to do town or, you know, we get to him to open for us and it's excellent. And then we found out yesterday – you know, when you come to these venues and they'll book these bills, you don't always know who's on them, you know. A lot of times they'll say, uh, you know, we'll pay you X amount of money and we'll pay you this amount of money for an hour opener, so you bring your own opener. But, you know, in a place like the Cork, which is so famous and so many people want to play it, they book both shows. And another Morgan County and Chelsea Adams will be there, which I did not know, you know. So yeah, I'm going to show up a little early and hopefully uh, get to see her play. Yeah, and actually uh, Chelsea's going to be on my podcast too, and I'm really excited to have her on as well. Um, she's a singer songwriter um, she is one of the definitions of like getting into music from when she was very young like, oh, I, I mean, remember, I remember that. when we were little yeah. kids she was like singing and playing instruments and stuff yeah. and um, so it's going to be essentially a Morgan County showcase it's going to be really cool to just see all this talent from our town <laughs> take over Lexington uh, at this world famous uh, Twisted Court yeah. and like you said you know they booked both these shows and it really is a great opportunity I'm really excited uh that people from Morgan County are willing to be this, like, expressive of themselves. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't know what it is, but, like, it seems like there's been sort of a, a artistic renaissance in yeah. especially Eastern Kentucky, but as far as Morgan County, we really started to see people jump on the scene uh, between uh, me starting the podcast and trying to do stand-up comedy, uh, who I was heavily influenced by Nick, and the funny thing is is that Nick was obviously heavily influenced by you, so yeah. this was a chain reaction, and that's why I just had to have you on because, rather you knew it or not, like the part of the podcast is like it's you're an influence to it. So it was like yeah. pretty cool just 
seeing someone from Morgan County having the willingness to uh, put themselves out there on the stage and do this fun yeah. but like um, artistic way of expressing themselves and then now you're doing music Chelsea's yeah. doing music Nick's doing comedy it's really cool man for sure it's an odd gene that's the thing I've always said you know when I grew up I was a class clown you know I won all the superlatives in high school class clown most humorous I was always disruptive but not in a malicious fashion I was always that way because why are we sitting here right let's do something let's laugh a little bit let's have some fun you know let's sing a song do whatever and as you grow up, you find the majority of society, I mean, overwhelmingly majority of society, doesn't function that way. They don't want to do that stuff. So, you know, when I would be like, let's drive to, you know, Ohio and watch Chappelle do a stuff or something, people are like, yeah, that's cool. I'll just, I'll just not do that. You know, or let's go do this, let's go do that. And then we find each other, people like me, you, and Nick. And, uh, you know, we've got some age between us, difference. And, you know, we didn't really hang out in school because of that. But we found each other over time because of like uh, you know, of interest like that, and I find that to be an amazing thing. No, it seriously is. You it's know? just um, the gravity of of expression like brought us together because we were like the willingness to. Um, it's it, honestly, man, just getting on a stage and doing anything takes yeah. a ton of nerves. Yeah. And when you're doing something that's only like to be judged by the entire audience, it's just like. Take some guts, man. It really does. It and does. so it really is like you, you have to put yourself among those people because you're like, Oh, I have to like draw influence from them and and the people that aren't doing that mm-hmm. aren't doing those things and aren't like participating in those sort of um, just like seriously like you were like when you get on the stage I don't know if that's how you are when you do music but when I do stand up man my heart's like pounding out my chest yeah it never goes away either. yeah and that was like we had a, we have a lady that opens for us uh, Haley Newman she's an excellent singer a younger lady and uh, she told she we were talking and she was talking about how hard it would be to do what I do you know I get up and I jump around and I'm screaming and it's a very expressive form of music and I'm like the exact opposite you stand up and sing alone sing love ballads like, I, I would feel like that would kill me, you know? Like, it never goes away. You know, I, I met, um, I got to meet um, Ari Spears one time. I got to hang out with him for a couple of hours. And that's what he told me. He said, uh, he said, man, I'm killing shots right before every show I've ever done in my life. He said, it, it kills me to this day. He said, that's why these big acts, they don't go out all the time. Yeah. Great money, great life, but... You know, you got to have that energy built up to do that, I think. Was he on Matt TV? Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, he was in uh, he was that Jerry Maguire. He was the shitty brother. Deal, in, wasn't he? In, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. The shitty brother in uh, Jerry Maguire. Cuba, Cuba Gooding's brother? Yeah. Okay, he yeah. He didn't get to yell at. But, yeah, he's a super cool guy. And uh, But, yeah, it's man, it's a hard road. That's the real thing about it. You know, there's 100 to 1 musicians and comics and anybody creative than there was 10 years ago. And you get so much vitriol inside the community, which is something that didn't get me the first year. The first year, see, when you're just starting out, everyone's like, oh, it's kind of like a participation trophy. You did well, man. You know, I'll see you again someday. Well, then once we started getting played on the radio and we sold some albums and we got Red Barn and started playing these big venues, you know, we, we got to open up for Blackhawk and there was like, you know, there was like 3,000 people there. And then you start getting this vitriol from other artists, which is a place you wouldn't have seen it coming from. And that's one thing that shocked me that we really started experiencing lately, and I hate that. I hate the people. I hope everybody I meet the next song they write to number one. I hope the next time you guys get on stage, you kill. Why not? What's the world, can it not do with a little extra, you know? I feel so. like as a result of people being successful that it creates a vacuum that will 
essentially like either you're gonna you're gonna feel it or someone else is like um, there's gonna be some sort of momentum that's created. So like Tyler Childers and Sergio Simpson are killing it right now. Yeah. But like Sergio doing it by effect like created the momentum to help allow Tyler. So yeah. maybe because Tyler did that, there's gonna be someone else, and that's yeah. what's so cool, man. And something that like Joe Rogan talks about so often is about when he started doing stand-up comedy mm-hmm. he would literally say that everyone was like super competitive and they're like I don't yeah. like you I don't want you to be around me yeah. but he's like there's enough scraps on the table for everybody to eat like it yeah. makes no sense for us to like be like competitive and he's like there's a difference between like having a competitive edge against someone and wanting to be better but like being malicious towards them because that is just like unnecessary well i think the business in a sense what it's doing is it's i mean if you dream to do this which i did and i kind of fell into it and now i'm i mean i don't know if you'd call it a dream or not it's just something we do now but if it was from a young age and then you didn't get famous the first two years you didn't get to whatever level you consider successful uh that starts twisting it and it starts hurting your dreams and i think that you start taking that out on other people and like I said, you know, I think it's a chain. At the beginning of the chain, everyone wants to help you because bigger bands are like, yeah, we'll put you in front of us because we're going to blow you off the stage because you ain't played together much. You don't even written the catalog of songs yet. You don't have the followers. Well, then you hit that middle ground where, you know, you start doing shows and you start being the, the tracks. Well, then people won't help you anymore. The bigger people won't help you because they don't want you on the stage. But they want you to do things with them. And then when you get to the higher levels, like, you know, you said Sturgill helping Tyler and, and uh, you know, Chris really made the way for everybody, Stapleton. True, yeah. And uh, they start helping again. It's the weirdest thing, man. It's like a gauntlet you have to go through. And, uh, you know, I don't know, man. You can either write the songs or you can't. I mean, it's not like, I, I don't know, man. I always talk about cover bands. If you're all out there singing Sweet Home Alabama, yeah, I can see the competition. Because only one of you is getting to play it at the big shows, you know? Yeah. But, hell, I don't play any songs anyone else plays. I've never played a cover live ever in my entire life. You know, and I know a lot of people that don't, so I'm not worried about those people, and I hope they. And and as someone that was sitting in the crowd and watching you play Red Barn, I was like, literally, like I looked at Charlie, I was like, dude, how many like songs do they have that are written? Yeah. Like, this is so impressive, man. It's yeah. just, I don't really know a lot of artists that do that. I feel like some of them are gonna at least have a couple they're gonna pull out just to yeah. keep the crowd pleased, but. I think that you um, had a great balance of playing stuff that you really liked, but then you like said this one's a crowd pleaser, and it's like you you wrote yeah. your own version of it. You were yeah. like, I'm gonna literally write yeah. my own, like get people dancing, moving, yeah. and stuff like that. And that's like what people have to do is like they can't just rely on others to. They can they can use them to like for guidance, but like don't fall on them for like mm-hmm. all the support. Yeah. And I think that that's what's really cool is you're just really taking an opportunity and you're taking a chance, you're taking a risk. Yeah. You're really like putting yourself out there as an artist and you're saying, all right, um, every song I'm going to play for you all tonight is something that literally is a personal yeah. experience for my life. So I'm telling you my life story essentially. Yeah. I think that's super cool. So that makes it even worse because you're telling on yourself on all kinds of shit, man. It's, it's, uh, that's the side of it. We just made that decision long ago because we w- didn't lack for material. You know, we have such a diverse influence in the four of us, the band, that we were going to get weird things, which I've written all the songs, but it was, uh, you know, I wrote them, like you said, like Learn to Fly. We did a music video with a laid-back country picker who's who's a guy I really, really enjoy. Love um, him. Absolutely. But he, he, was, he was good enough to come in our music video with us, and uh, I wrote that song to open shows. That's what it is. And when I wrote it, I thought, well, this is the first song I've written. It isn't, it isn't about me at all. It's just a song I wrote. 
And then I was singing it a month later at a show, and I said, holy shit, I know exactly, this is totally my life. You know, this, I didn't realize it, you know. It was uh, subconscious, you know, so. I think that's a super interesting thing that uh, artists deal with, though, is that um, there's sometimes when we have something that calls us, and, and we're like, all right, I have to do this, and we'll say it, and then, like, we'll write it, yeah. and then five months even sometimes a year later you're like whoa this like all of a sudden just resonates and I, yeah. I wrote it from like a different point of view not realizing that at some point it would yeah. really really even truly resonate with me yeah. and that's what's super cool about art is the uh, you might write something today and you're like dude this is the most me song i've ever written in my life yeah and then tomorrow you might write and be like what, what the fuck was i talking yeah. about this like you know it's yeah. just that's what's so cool about art for sure it happens man hopefully you're evolving so essentially, if you evolve far enough, I think that's why people, as they get older, artists, they tend to slow down in writing. It's just a natural progression. But I also think it's they're not as evolving as quickly. You know, you take from, say someone started young at 18 until they hit it big at 40, 35, 40, you know, that's pretty much your transition once you've built a career. And uh, how much are they going to change from 40 to 50, you know, just, you know, ingrained in who they are? So I think you, you miss out. You can't write a love song every two years because you're not falling in love again. You've been married for 10 years, Very true. you know? And uh, I think that's uh, I think it's a lot to it. And i tell you, a big curse in songwriting, I know this is kind of a, a Nick Cheney tangent, but uh, <laughs> which he's world famous for. <laughs> but uh, I think people, a lot of good songwriters I see, that's why I keep my mind open and I write whether you think I'm a good songwriter or not, I write about everything, a little bit of everything, man. Heartache, love, failure, the weather, you know? And, uh, but you take a lot of these artists nowadays and they're so programmed to be outlaw country, which what the fuck that even means, nobody knows. And every song's gotta be, you know, I'm getting drunk and fighting and you ain't country. That's another thing. I don't understand when that started, when calling other people out like we're rappers started becoming a thing, like, you know? And I think that's neutered a lot of really good songwriters, man. I mean, it's a definite theme. I think it's just because people think that they can write that and they know that that's a formula that provides success. And that's what's the difference between, like, a real artist and someone who's just doing it for money. Yeah. Is they're going to be more willing to take that easy path, a path that's been blazed, something that has been formulated... Mm-hmm. As opposed to being like, all right, I'm going to craft my own, like, personal experience yeah. and curate myself what you're going to experience at this concert or while you're listening to me do stand-up or yeah. while you're listening to me do a podcast. And really, a theme that I talked about with one of my buddies, Donnie Bowen. Do you know Donnie? Oh, I don't know him, but... He's, he's a person that I did on here for episode four, and he was just like, no rules. He's like, that's how you have to live life, is no rules. And he's like, yeah. you know, there are rules that you face and there are rules that you're going to, like, have to go against. But he's like, when you're formulating your own success, he's like, it's entirely up to you. Mm-hmm. And he's like, so something that someone else might have done might be perfect for them. And yeah. that exact plan might be the worst plan ever for you. Yeah. So as an artist, like, you have to really be um, prepared to uh, not necessarily – fight yourself but to also like um, not get not get lost in the crowd of other people's thoughts and just be like yeah. alright this is going to work so you have to I'm, I'm going on a tangent right now I'm no like no 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 you're leading right into what I was saying you know that's how I met Donnie essentially 
was kind of negative, man. He kind of sized me up one time, and <laughs> online, of course, you know. Yeah. But uh, and I was just like, I don't even know this guy, man. And uh, but I think, and I hope, you know, giving him the thought of it all, except I'm not going to meet him. Yet, I can't wait to because, uh, you know, my child's mother, Rachel Miller, knows him real well and says he's a great guy, and everyone else seems to like great him. Great guy. So I can't wait to meet him. And uh, but you know, I always kind of thought he might have just been testing to see if you know what the old guard would consider be for real because like you can't judge other people's music man like there's literally screamo music there's literally all kinds of music if someone's willing to book you and people are willing to listen to you you are a success yeah believe that i don't i don't care what anyone says you know don't don't do it for money or you know literally some of the greatest art of all time thousands of years to predate beethoven no one got paid for that you know you know, in the old days, you know, people beat drums out in fields simply to hear them beat. You know yeah, what I mean? No, That's seriously, all it was. just to be to express themselves. Yeah, I mean, it makes you feel a certain way. You know, when I write songs that are very personal to me, that's therapy, man. I guarantee you, Donnie, tell you the same thing. It's how it is with you. I mean, so you know, allow everybody else to flourish, and the people, well, they'll make it or they won't as far as whether they'll stick with it. You know, the famous saying: a band always makes a four-song EP and then they break up. You know. So no, that totally makes sense. Let uh, them express while they can, I guess. So uh, I know for a fact that um, as as someone who um, I love music, obviously, but it's just it's interesting to see how when people start off as an artist, and that's that's why I really like Sturgill so much. Is I felt like he's never like fallen in line. He's been like, I'm going to literally do this how I want to do it. Like yeah. he just released. Uh, Rock and roll dubstep album. Like, oh my god! With the anime, like who yeah. does stuff like that? He does. Yeah. Like, that's why he's an artist. Like, yeah, he's unwilling to compromise to the norms of society, mm-hmm. and he's like, I'm gonna literally do this because I'm gonna express myself the way I want to. And if you don't like it, then don't yeah. don't listen. Well, that's what he's going through right now. Art has to be honest, or I promise you, it won't get a. You know, going back to jokes, I know we're we're jumping a lot, but you can tell the funniest joke ever, man. Guy got hit in the balls with a rake. Classic, right? If it didn't happen to you for some reason, and the crowd somehow senses it, if you're not singing about something you did, you know, I swear to God, they know it. It's the weirdest thing, and it just doesn't come across that way. It's that little extra, you know. I, you know, people talk about singing because I was late to singing, and I'm not the greatest singer, which I'm going to work on it eventually. But I just write too many <laughs> songs to, to take the we play so much, man. Yeah. But everyone, you know, that's the big problem that female singers. You know, you hear a great female singer. Well, I literally can walk in this neighborhood and find you a hundred of them. But there's so many of them because they're taught to sing the same way. They all, everybody wanted to sound like Chris Stapleton for a while. Well, the human voice box, you can do that if you train yourself enough to be similar. You know what I'm saying? So let it be Bob Dylan style. Let it be, you know, Tom Petty. You sounded totally different. Let them just express, man, and make it true, and it'll all work, I think. And, yeah. and like you said, it's such a therapeutic thing to do. Um, no matter what you're doing as as you go through life, and uh, if you're not being authentic, it's not going to be half as as um, it's not going to be as therapeutic because you're going to sense yourself that it's not genuine. Yeah. And that, I think that's really what it is 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 when you are in uh, a situation where you're having to express yourself if you're not being genuine that person that's setting it out in the crowd is going to sense that because they're yeah. like this guy doesn't care what he's doing and I can kind of tell or not necessarily that you don't care but just that it wasn't a, a real life situation that you had experienced yourself mm-hmm. with. and that's why I'm honest with uh, you know like our dance songs and stuff I say 
you know, I wrote this as a dance song. It's not, you know what I mean? This isn't a story of my life or nothing. And if you're honest with the crowd, they're like, okay, I can just get up and move a little bit for a few minutes. Try not to squeak the table. But, so as long <laughs> There's as been a lot of tables As long as you're honest about it, like, I've become consciously aware of it. I just can't stop. But, so as long as you, uh, you tell them, they understand, I think. You know what I mean? Well, um, is there any, like, uh, big shows that you have coming up for the year that you would maybe want to talk about? Or, uh, obviously, we have the one tonight, but yeah. um, anything crazy that you have that you want to uh, shed some light on? Uh, well, not really. This is kind of a leftovers from 19. We, I've not started booking for 20 yet because 19 ended in such a rush. Like, you got to take a break at some point, you know. And uh, the best time to do it is when it's cold outside, I think. So, um, we've got this show, and then we play uh, – Smoking Butts in Paintsville, which I can't stress enough. What Twisted Cork is to Lexington, that's what that place is to Eastern Kentucky. Everyone who's anybody needs to play there. Hell, I watched Tyler Childers play there while he had the number one record in America. I watched it. That's like, pretty badass. Because he grew up with them cats. I yeah. mean, because he, he understood it was worth coming down and picking a few, you know. So if anyone can get there, and they'll give everybody a shot, you know, we're playing there next weekend. I can't wait for that. The old homegrown show, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, I've not ever actually been there. You say Smoking Butts in Paintsville, Kentucky? Yeah, absolutely, man. So, Smoking Butts in Paintsville, Kentucky, when? Um, next Saturday. What is that? The, today, the 11th, so we're looking at 18th, probably. Let's see. No, it's Friday. I'm sorry. It's it Friday. Is. Yeah, we're playing Friday is what we're playing. The 17th. Yeah. yeah. So, the 17th at Smoking Butts. Yeah. Um, and do you have any like big projects you're working on as far as albums? Well, that's another thing. Yeah, the second album, um, it's coming out. Uh, I don't know. I still decided because traditionally what we did last time was we ran in. I wrote the songs in about a three months span. We recorded the whole thing in about a week, and then the songs came out exactly the way I wrote them, which you would ideally think would be great, but you need to develop songs in production. So you have two schools of thought. A lot of people, you know, like Tom Petty traditionally recorded his albums live you know not live in a venue but live in the studio they played them all together and then which by the time he was getting big a lot of people already moved to the tracking system play your guitar track it play your drums track it and uh but that's how people think about it and but i think in my philosophy an album can be something crazy you can put a keyboard on a song that you're never going to play live so if you come to hear me live and you just know me from the album you know that's kind of it's not quite what's all there. And, you know, a lot of people look down on that, but I think it gives you an opportunity to kind of paint a picture, you know, the way you thought about it. And you can't get the live energy, so you're going to have something different either way. I don't know. Something, I think. But, yeah, that album will be out soon. Um, so. And where can uh, people actually find your first album at? Basically, uh, everywhere music's played, Spotify, Apple, Pandora, all that stuff. And you can order it online at basically every major. We went through CD Baby, which uh, – essentially becomes your publisher and they put you everywhere like when we first released our album i think our first eight albums were overseas you know we sold one to the philippines somewhere in the philippines they're listening to me singing about heartbreaks so <laughs> that is awesome that is an odd uh, <laughs> thought i guess well um do you have a like mission statement or like a huge thing you would kind of like to close off with as far as for uh 2020 i know it's a big year for everybody uh, but obviously it's going to be a huge year for you. Second album coming out. Yeah. Usually that's when people really, really start to get picking up um, after their content's out and their second uh, audition essentially for public is uh, officially yeah. like up. 
But once I mean, you know what the hell you're doing, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Obviously, I still don't know what the hell I'm doing. We just had so many technical <laughs> difficulties uh, on episode five of What the Shuck. Yeah. But uh, do you have anything that you want to like close with? Oh, uh, man, not really. I just, uh, just everybody get at it, man. Joe Dirt, keep on keeping on, you know. I love to hear music, man. I sat and listened to Tyler Smith last night from the Steel Runners and uh, the Kudzu Killers. He's a guy from Harlan who's just amazing. And uh, I sat and listened to him for an hour last night. And I hope people are doing that somewhere with me, too. I hope people are – because it's, it's good to feel it, man. I love that song he wrote. I loved it. But I would never write them. They're not me, you know. And just neat to see that. So I hope everyone's out there producing. Don't get down, man. Like, talking about people getting out early on, none of us are successful as we want to be. And, I mean, it's all in how you perspective. It's all ups and downs, man, you know. So don't let the downs get you. And everybody keep making music. And I think that's an awesome thing, uh, awesome note to close on for sure. Um, just just to persevere through uh, whatever you're going through in whatever situation you're going through, but especially if you're an artist, because at first it's going to definitely be hard. Uh, but um, tonight uh, at Twisted Cork, we're going to be um, <laughs> heading there um, yeah. actually in a few hours, uh, probably about like three hours. And, uh, John, what time do you play again? Um, we play uh, 8 to 10, and going back to the whole Morgan County thing, you know, Chelsea Adams plays 6 to 8. Her and Leah Blevins, who's someone I met in Moorhead, and, and they've got a third person. I, I don't mean to – I just don't remember who it is because I just got told this, like we said a little bit ago. But they're beautiful singers, great songwriters. Come out at 6, listen to them till 8. We'll take the stage. Uh, Nick Cheney will come out and tell you some obscenely dirty jokes for about 10 minutes, and then we'll hit it about – 8.15, man, until 10 o'clock, and then we end up partying all night. But you won't know this until we release this after the show, but if you've been there, you know what kind of state of mind I'm in right now, drinking beer over here. All right, well, um, I appreciate it. I hope everybody has a good time, and um, if you can come out to the show, I'm going to actually post some content about it. Um, like you just said, this is going to be pre-recorded, so um, you're not going to hear about it, but hope you all enjoyed it. <laughs> And thank you all so much for checking out episode 5 of the What's Up podcast featuring John Montgomery of Montgomery and the Phoenix Holding Company. And for me, that was absolutely one of the hardest episodes that I've shot so far. I set it as a challenge for me to go shoot from a live location slash remote. And I didn't do it live, but I was doing that because I want to eventually make that a point of my podcast is to be able to shoot live broadcast and to be able to shoot from a remote location. So for me to be constantly pushing the barriers and for me to constantly be changing up what I'm going to be doing is a really important theme of this podcast, if you haven't been able to tell so far, is to constantly be getting better and to constantly be working on yourself. So I hope that everybody is enjoying the What The Shuck podcast so much. I know that I've truly had so much fun so far. I have recorded some of the best conversations I've ever had in my life, and I just can't wait to see where things go. If you're still listening, thank you so much. Check me out on YouTube. Check me out on Facebook, and also on Instagram. All those links are going to be um, in the description below, and I hope that you all are enjoying the music from John Montgomery, and I also hope that everybody is having an awesome day, but most importantly, Don't forget to live the dream, baby. Love you all, and thanks for listening to What the Show.